Hello, I'm Howard, and welcome to the 9320 Friday Show, the show that's happy to see United back in their rightful place, sixth, and has just seen four Chanel catwalk models fighting for the last Greg's vegan sausage roll on Piccadilly Approach. Uh, we're looking back at the week that was, hopefully for not too long, and previewing what now looks like a tricky visit to Kenilworth Road on Sunday. To do all that and more, delighted to be joined by two huge cheeses, it's Asan and Lloyd. Good afternoon, Asan, how are you? Hi, mate. Um, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, feeling good week. Or? Feeling yeah. I mean, it's been a very busy week trying to get everything done before Christmas. Um, so yeah, just busy. But I'm looking forward to Friday night. I have to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing nothing tonight, <laughs> which is sad, really. But I really am looking forward. I've I've just done my tax return this morning, so I feel sick anyway. So. <laughs> Oh, well, that's not a good one. It's really a Monday morning job, that, isn't it? It's like, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's not talk about that. Uh, Lloyd, how are you? Good. Yeah, I've had a bit of a whirlwind week. It's been very busy. Do you want to uh, talk about your week? <laughs> uh, both my or would you rather have moved on? So. Oh, both my, my phone's got nabbed, so I've been without a phone for most of the week, which has felt very weird in this modern world. Uh, and obviously. City have played twice in that time, um, to not great results. So it's <laughs> probably a good time to lose your phones. Then, yeah, no, I feel like I can come at this on a long run, having not expressed any views really. Yeah, well, I'm going to stay with you because yeah, a podcast of two halves as always. Uh, <laughs> we must look back, Lloyd. You may not be keen to do so, as you suggested off air. But how are you feeling after the last two games? Pretty deflated, to be honest. Stupid question, really, wasn't it? So. Yeah, I mean, um, I think prior to the Villa game, you know, in in the games where we dropped points, we hadn't played that badly. Uh, and, you know, yeah, you could definitely argue that we've defended really badly against Leipzig or against Chelsea um, or even against Spurs. But, mm. you know, there'd been a lot to be positive about um a lot of really uncharacteristically bad missed chances um you know or, or you could argue all the games should have been put to bed before the the game got dicey but then what we saw at Villa Park midweek both from Pep and from the players uh that was different I think it's that's the worst I can remember us playing in a pretty long time um I think it was worse than the Leipzig first half performance, which everyone like totally lost mm. their heads about at the time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, we could have been ahead in that first half case Leipzig for all the bad things. Well, that was that it. We, we, yeah, we still created a lot of chances. Um, yeah. Whereas what on Wednesday, it didn't look like a Pep City team. I don't think, and I've got I had a big problem with the selection at the time, but couldn't mm. tweet it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think after that, you know, yeah, I am feeling pretty concerned, particularly because, you know, Liverpool and Arsenal in that time have had some really dicey games, but they've come out on the right side of them, which is what City haven't done over this period. So I guess to flip it to being a positive, now we've got a really, really kind run after having some really difficult um, fixtures. So City really need to do what United have just done and slap all the crap teams because, you know, we've got a bit of a deficit to make up. Yeah. Well, they're only three points behind us, Lloyd, so... That is madness, isn't it? 
Not no, not at all. I mean, in the past, they remember uh, Rio Ferdinand and Gary Neville popping champagne cups as a joint top on New Year's Day, by which they mean second. They were three points behind City in Feb- February. I just put a random Premier League date in before seventh of February twenty three. They were three points behind us. Uh, they yeah, finished but it's... Four, they finished fourteen behind us, and obviously we declared with two games to go. So. Uh, I know, but it's they more have actually United been there and thereabouts. Yeah. So poorly. Like, United have been terrible in so many mm. of the games that they've managed to win. Um, yeah. And It's always been the way, though. Always been yeah. The way. yeah, whereas obviously yeah. City have played broadly quite well across most mm. of the season. Yeah. Well, they've got their tough one now, so we'll see, won't we? Uh, hey, Sam, how are you? Uh, great review. You've pretty much covered every single point I <laughs> could possibly want to make today. Uh, but of course, we're, it's okay to repeat on the Friday show and go over some of that stuff. But how, first of all, how are you feeling uh, now dust has somewhat settled the same? Or? No, I feel I feel better, you know. I, I think I think doing the review helps. I think just a few days helps. I think reminding yourself of the quality of the players that were on the pitch um it, it all of that sort of feeds into the idea that whatever is going on is very much fixable and solvable without necessarily having to go and spend money in the january transfer window i think i was uh, in the immediate aftermath of villa i think i felt like we probably needed to go and buy three players um mm. but i'm sort of back to going no like the the squad that we have should be capable of winning this league and the villa selection was pep's hand was forced by the obvious suspensions to rodri and grealish and the injury to doku um yeah i mean i, I i'm not going to you can't sugarcoat how how bad we were against villa but at the same time I don't think that those players are really bad players. And so therefore it's not like I'm looking at it going, well, we're just a really bad team now. Well, just to stay with you, if we don't need new players, something, I think it was Jordan picked up in the review. Oh, you would have mentioned it as well. My concern is what is Pep doing? I think Jordan's sentence was something. Sorry if, if you listened to Jordan, I've completely uh, ruined or paraphrased what you said. But for the first time for a while, I don't actually know what Pep is trying to achieve with some of these selections, more to the point where they're positioned on the pitch. Does that make sense to you, Asa? Yeah, it does. Because I, mean, I-, I did. Sorry, I should just point out for the first time in year, I was in a meeting, I missed the game and I didn't even have that reaction to the team coming out. So I'm not going to use hindsight for myself. But you mm. both mentioned it on that podcast mm. that we literally had a midfield of defenders mm. and that. I don't want to be hindsight after the worst performance, probably under Pep, with the fewest ever shots in a Pep game and the most shots conceded in a Pep game in the same match tells its own story. That's utterly damning. Mm. But when you actually stand back afterwards and think about it against the informed home team in Europe, 14 or 15 on their own now, how on earth did he expect Stones in midfielder, Kanji stepping up, Rico Lewis, who's going to be brilliant but he's not ready to you know go toe to toe with the best mid- some of the best midfielders yet and Alvarez in midfield it kind of actually makes 
the performance a lot more understandable and close to inevitable. Mm, yes and no. So I, I think that I, I think I was pretty explicit about what I thought about where the players were positioned. Mm. Um, I think what probably compounded my anger or my frustration was the fact that the two natural centre midfield players, Bernardo and Foden, were out on the wings. Just, you know, it just, yeah, it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. But the performance was so bad that it tran it even transcends where the players were positioned. I think I think to keep my own sanity, Howard, what I've decided is, you know what? They're allowed to be shit for one game. They've been really, really good for the overwhelmingly vast majority of the last however many years. I'm sort of all right with the collective, and that includes Pep, everybody basically having a very, 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 very bad night. Um, but there's my big takeaway, because I don't think we're going to see Stones and Akanji as a midfield ever again. I think we saw Rico Lewis's limitations in midfield, but that was a selection born out of the lack of options that Guardiola had. What I'm asked about is Julian Alvarez playing as an eight. I just, mm. I, 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 that experiment needs to go home now. And Guardiola needs bin. to, yeah, I mean, yeah, it needs to go in the bin. And Guardiola also, and this is probably, it's probably the thing that, is is annoying me the most is Phil Foden does everything that Julian Alvarez does better than Julian Alvarez in the position that Julian Alvarez is playing in. And it's not Foden's fault that you've not got a right winger that you want to play in right wing. And in my opinion, it's weakening the team by making Alvarez play in a position that he's just not very good at playing. And as I said on the review, the numbers are fine, but the numbers betray the lack of balance in the midfield when Alvarez is playing in that position. Now, fine, there will be, you know, bottom half of the table. Let's be honest, there will be there will be games that you could put any 11 out and they'll probably end up winning the game just because that's the gap. But I think we saw against Villa that you come up against a good team and you try and play that version of 4-4-2 where Alvarez is basically an 8, a 10, and a 9, teams are going to get the better of you. And everybody will watch that video of the Villa game and they will know how to get at City. And what you can't change is Alvarez's first touch and what you can't change is the fact that he thinks like a forward. He gives the ball away because he thinks like a forward, which is fine when he's playing in forward positions. It's a penalty error player. Yeah, very much so. He's very much a penalty area player. And actually, and this is probably the root of a lot of my pissiness, is I've heard Guardiola talk too many times about why Phil can't play in the middle or why he's got things mm -hmm. to learn and he needs to mature. And I'm just looking at Alvarez going, all right, well, what's your excuse for that fella then? Because he's miles off Phil in every single department, and yet he's only played centrally. You're not even, you know, you've decided that his first touch is so bad that there's no way that he can play wide, but then you think it's fine for him to play in the middle. That doesn't make any sense to me. So of all of the stuff 
that's come out of Villa, my big thing is Alvarez in midfield. That's what I don't want to see. That's what I think that the, uh, I admire the people who think that he's done an admirable, admirable job when whilst KDB has been out. I just think Phil would have done a better job. So, you know, that's probably where I'm going to land with that mm. conversation between now and the end of the season. Lloyd, I was yeah, talking to a mate last night who'd seen the match uh, and I gave a theory of even throwing someone like Bob, starting someone like Bob, this is about shape, basically. So starting someone like Bob that Pep may not think ready, obviously brought him on during the match, but wouldn't start him in a big game like this, would be better if it allows the other nine outfield players to play in natural positions than this that what we got against Villa. And, you know, people talk about lack of options, but there were options. He may not trust Nunes or Kovacic might, they've both been injured, they might not have 90 minutes in them. But surely it's better playing midfielders in midfield, even if you're not sure about them. And surely it's even better having Alvarez out wide than in the middle. And having the majority of players in natural positions, in positions they're comfortable in, even if it means playing one player you're not sure about, than just this mismatch of a team in a way. Well, yeah, or you can play Bob on the right wing and put Foden in midfield. Is that and that's what I meant, eminently. yeah. That's yeah. what I meant by playing Bob from the start. It allows a proper shape and structure elsewhere, even if you think Bob doesn't, you know, as manager, doesn't deserve to start the game. Yeah, I, would, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. And But actually, I think, so to go back to what Asom was just talking about, I think my key takeaway actually is it's, it's slightly broader, more about the midfield as a whole, and it's that Pep looked at Villa on Wednesday night, a team this season that have played four central midfielders in pretty much every game. They play John McGinn kind of as one of the wide players. They play um, Kamara and Louise, and then they play, uh, well, the other night they played Tielemans as well. That is a very, very robust team from a midfield perspective you know they've got guys that can run there guys that can pass like proper pressing warriors and Pep thought you know what the three best guys I can pick tonight are Stones who was just coming back from an injury Rico Lewis who's 19 and Alvarez who's a number nine and he left Phillips and Kovacic on the bench I think that is a huge indictment of those two players now I appreciate that Kovacic might be to do with the fact that he's still quite new or he's not fully fit, but I thought that was very concerning for me. Um, in games when, you know, Rodri didn't play last season, we saw Gundo step in in a couple of those games, play number six and do it to an absolute incredible level. Um, I think we're seeing that the drop-off that we've got in the midfield this season is massive and it's where City have won most of their titles by outplaying opponents and just dominating them in midfield. That midfield three, you know, it's, it, it's not strong at all. So that was my main concern. Look, I, I'm i very happy for Alvarez to be moved out of the number kind of 10 position. I, he's had some really good games there, but I just don't think he's got the kind of ability on the ball to take it in a tight space. So I'm good with that. But I just thought the fact he didn't look to either Nuno, uh, either Kovacic or Phillips is, I mean, we know what the situation is with Phillips, but you know, that, that was a big concern to me. Yeah. He's just, uh, he said he's just uh, <laughs> finished Phillips in a way in the press conference that's happened just before we've gone on. Seen the quote. 
yeah, he just doesn't see him in the team, basically. No. Uh, but then, yeah, <laughs> we knew that anyway. So I'm not going to labour on this for another hour, so don't worry, Sam. But I, I do think it all about, about you know, it's talking kind of real about not being able to string five yard passes together. It might not be you, it might be Jordan, whoever, or Chris. And you think, why all of a sudden can they not do that? And is that on the players or is it not being comfortable in the position or is it players out of form? It's kind of a chicken and egg question in a way. Is it not about no, where responsibility I, no. lies for this? I don't think so. Are you so. quite I think, certain? Yeah. I, I think, I think, I think it goes back to, to, to something that I said on the review that it's, so Guardiola talks about how difficult it is to play in, in centre midfield because you got players coming at you from all angles. And so some players, they naturally know where to position themselves, right? Mm. And I think that when you pick four players where none of them are natural centre midfield players, and then they come up against four lads who are natural centre midfield players, it's sort of normal they're going to get run over. So the idea of stringing five-yard passes together, it actually wasn't really the issue. The issue was that when they received the ball, when Stones got the ball, when Akanji got the ball, when Rico got the ball, when Alvarez got the ball, they got it taken off them over and over and over again. And they got it taken off them because Villa sprang their traps really well. And because the four lads we're talking about in our midfield are not midfielders, they couldn't adjust... They couldn't look, they could, so th there's so much that there's, there's, there's an amount that a manager can do co to prepare a team, but ultimately professional footballers, when they get on the pitch, they have to problem solve. It's part of the job where it's not part of the job, where it's unfair, where it becomes what happened on Wednesday night is if that's not your position, you don't know how to problem solve in that position. Mm. So for me, it could just comes down to the idea that it's not that they, played really badly they just got run over by four players who knew exactly how to run over them time and time again and then the natural course of events is that if you spend an hour getting run over and chasing shadows <laughs> you just you, in the end your head drops it's natural you just it's really normal that by the time rico lewis gets subbed by the time alvarez gets subbed they're absolutely devoted you can see it on their faces. They're absolutely devoted because they know they've just been run over for an hour. And I think that, yeah, I mean, whatever the reason was for that tactical selection, I hope I never see it again. And I hope that we have a squad that is robust enough moving forward to withstand two or three injuries and not find ourselves in that position. Are you concerned that they're robust enough to move on mentally? And yeah. reset for the ma yeah. matches going forward. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, we, it was we have the most demoralising. It's not the score. I mean, one nil. We're thankful of that, but everything else that is going to hit the players will be scratching their heads at the end, going, "Oh my god!" You know, sure. But the next they've time they've never they experienced the being owned like that on a football in a city top. Yeah. But the next time they take to the pitch, right? Rodri will be there. Grealish mm. will be there. P players will be playing in positions that they know much, much, much better than the positions that they were playing in in midweek. And 
I would hope that for all of the talk of players being complacent, I hope that Guardiola also has had time to reflect upon the decisions that he's made this season and that he does what he needs to do on the training ground to give the players the confidence that that'll never happen again. I think that, you know, that I'm, I'm critical of the players to a point, but I'm not that critical of the players. This, for me, what happened in, in midweek is down 99% down to the decisions that Pep made. And he's the one who has to make sure that moving forward, he doesn't make decisions like that again. I'll just stick with you quickly, I said, because he touched on it earlier. I I get I find it so tiresome that for five years now, every time we've lost a match, it's like oh, people blame recruitment. But Lloyd's already touched on it. There is a hole in that midfield. I mean, well, <laughs> there wasn't Wednesday, but there has been generally. I think Rodri coming back isn't the solution because he's found himself isolated. And of course, everyone turns to recruitment again. Uh, you've said already you don't think City will buy in January. No. No. No, I don't think Why they will. Is Look, that I don't because, think I mean obviously they should they have it. Get... It has to be the right recruitment, doesn't it? And that will be it whenever does. it is. Yeah. But it's not even that. You have to recover Kovacic and Nunes and you have mm. to give them a chance. Yeah. There's as simple as that. We have centre midfield players in the squad. Whether we personally rate them as players or not isn't really relevant. What's relevant is does Guardiola rate them? Now Clearly, Phillips, he doesn't rate. I don't believe he's given up on Kovacic or, or no. Nunes already. I don't believe he's made a call on either of them. I, I think they just need to get fit and they need to play as many minutes as they can. But if Phillips went, would that give us the opportunity in January? Squad I, mean, I, I I don't trust them to do that. Hmm. We, we, are, we are not run like like most of the football clubs and and 99% of the time that's to our benefit that we're not run like other clubs but there are moments where the way that we run we're run feels a little bit like we'd like to create problems to then allow Pep to solve them and and this is a classic case of I'm absolutely certain they'll sell Phillips and I'm absolutely certain that Pep will turn around and go I've got options in the squad Stones can play there Rodri can play there Kovacic can play there Nunes can play there hey even Bernardo can play there and we'll all go all right Pep fair enough hmm. Lloyd I know it's, it has annoyed me and a son <laughs> I talked. We talked last week, within the last week on podcasts about March, April. You could analyse individuals, but as a collective, it was the greatest football I've ever seen, probably at City. Mm-hmm. March, April time. Uh, ran out of steam, got tired, but got over the line and got the treble. The biggest frustration for me is it is with Pep, and again with a caveat. You know what. <laughs> What he knows uh, draws what I know by uh, a million times over. So there's a, a reason for all this. But for the first time, he has got me scratching my head for a very long time. And I don't know what he's trying to do and why he abandoned the system that worked, that saw us peak so well in March and April. It can't just be about absences, can it? Or John Stones being out. No. Or the three but, and two and all that. I don't know. No, but it's also, you know, I think the other the other thing is why did why have we moved away from midfielders that can pass? Why mm. why are we trying to sign midfielders that can dribble? What's 
you know, what's Pep's team's always been better than any other team at. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, I said it, look, I, I'm not, I don't want to totally write Nunes off yet, but I just think that was a shit signing. Um, I know, he, I know he's been injured, but it's it's just not, it's obviously not going to move the needle. Kovacic started really well, but, you know, he's he's struggled quite a lot since. So that just spun my head. You know, allowing Mares to leave and replacing him with Doku, absolutely no problem with that. Different player, that's fine, but that's that's a different game on the wing. We signed a young player who's obviously had a lot of potential, already showed quite a lot of it, and he's done really well. And it's a different player to Mares. But to move away from what we have in midfield, I just think is very confusing. And that's why I'm I'm scratching my head because it's just not very pep. Um, and yeah, the selections recently haven't haven't been that pep, but. You know, he's paid the money to figure these problems out. And like Asan says, you know, we've had, we have had strange situations before that he has created for himself. So, you know, getting rid of Cancelo at the time, we were nervous about that, not because we didn't think it would like improve the morale of the dressing room, but we allowed a quality player to leave. And I'm not sure we can call Phillips a quality player at the moment. Um, and we didn't replace him. You know, we essentially had a hole in the team, but work to our advantage so that's that is the rough and the smooth with Pep and I think we unfortunately we kind of just have to roll with the punches on that mm. I'm not gonna yeah it, look Bannigan wanted to go to Real Madrid Declan Rice wanted to stay in London and I guess the the pool of available players was narrowed somewhat it does feel like a, it is what it is but as you said Lloyd it's the type of player as well ball carriers over passes that these us a bit short of creativity at the moment and alludes back to Ace and saying why you know Phil Foden in the middle uh, but hey it is what it is and I guess you you buy in January if, if the player you want becomes available then but it's so much harder to do then so Ace I've got a question for you a, a tapping question that you can destroy me with but I heard someone mention it in the pub is there any credence to the idea that off-field chat Everton and all that sort of fact, sort of news of the last couple of weeks that we've been dragged into as a club, even though nothing's happened on City side, as an effect on players. No chance. On the contrary, yeah, that's the answer. I've been I thinking. <laughs> I've been thinking in the last forty-eight hours. Can the Premier League not find somewhere else to charge us with, like properly? Because we seem to be at our best when somebody like that comes after us. Do you know what I mean? I, mm. I was like. Maybe announce another fifty charges or something like that, so we can go on a fifteen-game oh. winning streak. It was it was last season, of course. Was after the Spurs one game, of course, of yeah. course. But I guess the novelty of that, <laughs> it, uh, yeah. But it's, that's worn off in a way. So they were. Do you think they read into that? Obviously, we're just reading too much into things, aren't you? When you start thinking about stuff like that, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. It's just I just think. Look. I, I, I think that we've had uh, um, the planets have aligned or the stars have aligned in terms of injuries, suspensions, and a little bit of fatigue kicking in and Guardiola making head, head scratching tactical decisions or selection decisions. Um, I don't think that any of that stuff is stuff that can't be recovered in a week, let alone a month. I think seven days from now, we can be having a very different conversation. All we need to do is turn up and slap Luton. Mm. We'll get to that in a bit for the preview, of course, looking forward. Uh, Lloyd, do you look at the league table at this time of the season? It is quite 
interesting in a way how quickly this could be turned around just on the numbers alone. Yeah, well, you think I mean, of who other... we've just played and what we've got coming. We'll lose a game, of course. So we'll be playing catch up because of the set, you know, the Club World Cup thing, which is annoying in a way. Uh, but hey, not playing Brentford at home in the winter. What what could have possibly gone wrong if we played that game? Eh? Uh, so we'll have that'll be annoying that we'll have that game to fit in. But do you look at the table at all? Because it is easily fixable, isn't it? This just on pure numbers. Not really at this stage of the season. I think when when we lost the other night and we're back to six points behind, it's hard not to take notice of that, to be to be honest. Um, but the flip side is, like I said earlier at the beginning, all the other teams have, have got difficult games now. You know, Liverpool mm. and Arsenal have had quite a nice run. Arsenal obviously go to Villa Park at the weekend. Liverpool have got some tough games. They play each other on the 23rd of December at Anfield. You know, that'll be a big game. Um. So there's there's a lot of opportunities where teams are going to teams could drop points. I think what's frustrating is that thus far, mostly they've kind of been keeping that that form getting over the line, even when games have got dicey. So like Fulham, hmm. um, for Liverpool, Luton obviously the other night, um, for Arsenal. But you're also seeing, I think, across the league, there's there's a lot of difficult results happening all over the gaff. So last you know, night, <laughs> New, exactly Newcastle who. I mean, Newcastle can take points off any team in this league. Um, you know, they went to Everton last night and lost 3-0. Now, I think some of that's to do with fatigue and they've got an absolute shed ton of injuries. But, you know, that's a bit of an eye-raiser. Eye um, West Ham obviously beat Spurs. The the main, I think the main thing I, I've noticed from this season is basically any team in the top half is going to give you a really hard game, most likely, and can easily take points off you. And I can't, I can't remember the last time I've, I've felt like that or if I've felt like that before in the league. You usually look at the kind of top three, maybe top four. But now, you know, even down, like I say, even down to probably about West Ham in the table, that's going to be a really tough game. There's so many good coaches. You know, you've got Poch at Chelsea in eighth. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, look at our record team. against the top. Look at our record last season against the top half of the table away from mm. home. And it tells you that actually that quality that we were talking about was already there last season. It's just gotten a little bit better, I think, this season. Is it is it pure quality, Ace? Or is it fatigue and injuries and everything mounting up with the Winter World Cup that's actually leveled the playing field? Or what? Maybe. I mean, maybe. I, I do think that, you know... <laughs> I do think that a lot of this stuff is psychological. I think that when it looks like City are having a little bit of a tricky time, teams turn up and decide that they're going to throw big punches. And if they mm. throw big punches and one of them lands, then they get confident and they get even more confident. Then the next team turns up and goes, we're going to throw a big punch too. And then what happens is eventually somebody will get caught out and they'll get knocked out by City. And then everybody will revert back to, all right, we better be a bit careful when we're playing against City. But we need to deal with our problems for that to happen. Ma Again, you can't concede goals like it rains in Manchester, and that's what's happening right now. That's for me. Five. It's just Five not twenty-three clean sheets. I think. Yeah, it's just not good enough. The clean sheet record ain't good enough, but just the 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 defending isn't passing the eye test. Forget about well, tactics. The, the defending isn't passing the eye test, not collectively and not individually. Well, we concede more than one 
goal once in 47 games or something. And that feels like a distant memory now, considering the mm. amount that flooded in in recent times. I did have to chuckle, Ace, and on our Villa preview, we said Arsenal uh, probably favourites now because they have that defensive stability. But Liverpool have lost Matip, haven't they, for the season? And that very night they go and concede to the Eater Luton. So it's de- is it a positive view that Arsenal are getting over the line in these games, or does it not also suggest that the fact they have to get over the line with late winners shows that other teams are? hardly reaching perfection themselves, are they? I don't think Liverpool or Arsenal are a better place to win the title than City. I don't think that they have the coach or the players that we have. Uh, my my sort of, my irritation is not because I'm afraid that we're not going to win the Premier League. I think for us to not win the Premier League, we've got to be ourselves because those two teams aren't being us. I'm sorry, mm. but I, I, I just don't think that... They are. I don't think that they, I just don't think they're as good as City. I I think there's a lot of, I see a lot of chat around both of those teams and I feel like nobody's watching them. Certainly in the City bubble, I feel like a lot of City fans that are insecure about Arsenal and Liverpool haven't really watched them properly. They just see the headlines and go, oh my God. And it's like, if you watch them, I don't think they're that good. Mm. I mean, the last week, Liverpool have been, you know, losing 3-2 at home to Fulham haven't they in dying minutes of the game and also been 3-all and 3-2 down at Luton so <laughs> they've all got their issues it's just that City at the moment aren't you know I think we all agreed that once they went behind against Villa it was that bad no one had any optimism that we'd mm. get back into that game but that's enough, that's for that game rather than how we feel about City as a whole so that, yeah, it's very competitive and Spurs, the darlings, uh, have one point in five games, uh, which unfortunately was against City with a late equaliser. But they've gone ahead in all those games as well and lost all five. So very, very strange and interesting league at the moment, to be honest. So you just don't want that gap stretched, though it is still December. So I think what it comes down to, Howard, is that even with all of our problems, it... it who do you think is most likely to go on a 10 to 15 game winning mm. run? It's City. It's that they're, they're the t- it was the same last season when we were eight points behind Arsenal and everybody was like, we're never winning this league. And I was mm. like, we're the only team in this league that can go on a run to win the league. I, and if we do, we'll win it. I stated categorically in January that this City team wasn't winning 10 on a row. It was not as convincing as the ones in previous seasons. So... Lloyd, do you feel that same way again? And obviously, I got that slightly wrong, in the, and it proved to be City's greatest ever season. So you just never know with this team, do you, Lloyd? Does this feel different, Lloyd, to the issues of last season, or worse? Or again, is it just a wait and see because City generally move up the gears after Christmas and into next year? Well, I just feel like we've got less depth, though. So... Mm-hmm. I'm less confident of us being able to go on a on a big run um, because we have suffered with injuries this season. And I think we've seen that the level has dropped when a few key players have been out. Whereas typically over the last five years of Pep's time at City, we've, we've, we've had big absentees, but we've always managed to get through them generally. You know, De Bruyne has missed huge parts of seasons. He almost missed an entire season. Uh, Laporte, you know, had a huge injury. 
we've had loads of players that have been out for long periods of time. Gundogan, you know, did his knee. But I just, we, I do feel we're a little bit shorter this time. So I don't think if we went, you know, nine or ten points back like last season, I, I think it's less likely this time that we would recover it. I also think that's because, for example, if it was Arsenal further down the season, they just look a bit more battle-hardened than they were last year and their squad <clears throat> looks better, I think, on balance than what it was last season. Um, but, you know, we're still only six points behind. They've got tough runs coming up. As Asan said, the thing is, football can change in the matter of you know hours. Never mind days. Never mind weeks. City just need to calm themselves down, calm the fans down, and go and win against Luton uh, on the weekend, and then everything will look quite different because you never know what will happen in the other results. There's been treble winners, though. Asan made you more chill, Zen this season. Absolutely yeah, has for me. It has a little so. bit, definitely. I mean, it's. I'm not saying I care less because <clears throat> I don't, but um, I do find it a bit. I, I find I find it a little bit harder to you know just not give the players and Pep a little bit more, I guess, rope or understanding. I mean, if it carries on and we you know don't win at Luton and then we continue to struggle, then yeah, obviously you know we're going to be we're all going to be feeling a bit different. But right now they've got so much credit in the bank, and I think we've got to trust them to get it right. I think my main frustrations at the moment are just the two things which I've kind of beat on all season, which was I found the recruitment weird over the summer. And I think just some of Pep's decisions recently have been a bit of a head scratcher. So, you know, let's, let's Mm. see, let's see what happens. Yeah. I've said this before when obviously a QPR game, it's like, I'm never leaving. I'm never turning the internet on again. If we didn't do that one. And there's, I said, if we turn that around, you know, join the match when we're 2-1 If we turn this around, I'll never complain about my football team again. And of course, within a couple of months, I was, uh, because Mancini chose violence in his final season. And and every season, there's been this absolutely compelling reason, like being in a title race against Liverpool and it being unbearable if they'd won out. For every single one, we've won. But I am, I sound a bit more zen about this season because... If you can't relax a bit after winning the treble, then when can you? I'm not saying the players and management should, but I could understand if there was a tail-off after winning the treble. And as a fan, you've just got to, I think, relax and see how it goes, which I think is fair enough and not build up pressure. Uh, I think that the treble is an incredible achievement, but I don't think that you should then get a pass the following season. And I don't think that... Uh, I'll give him myself a pass, not the players. Well, you can have a pass. I mean, <laughs> yeah, listen, thank you. You, you, know you don't stressed, even need to go. You don't even need to go. You should be You should be at home with your feet up, just enjoying the, the treble winning DVD that I'm sure mm. exists somewhere. Um, yeah, when's this documentary other, coming out anyway? Exactly. Will they ever release it? Who knows? Mm. But no, I, I'm, I don't believe that the players are complacent. And I don't believe that they care any less. I think actually the carrot of the fourth Premier League title on the bounce should be as big as the Champions League was last season. It's something nobody has ever done before. It will be something they will own outright in its entirety. So that's all the motivation that they need. Um, And I'm sure that for Pep as well, it's all the motivation that he needs as well. So... 
I just, you know, it's funny because in a way, we've been so good for so many years that I don't really think we know what it means to be a normal football team. And mm. normal football teams have this happen to them every single season at some point. And by normal football teams, I mean normal title-winning teams have a moment in a season where it looks like everything's going wrong. Yeah. Uh, let's see how, how we react in League One. That'll sort of the, the wheat from the chaff, won't it? So. <laughs> Good times. Shall we look forward then? Indeed. Yeah. Mm. So, Mason, I'll stay with you. After everything we've just said, uh, blindingly obvious statement of the day. Uh, suddenly not the gimme you probably once assumed when you saw the fixture list. Or saw Luton lose by three goal, three goal margins in their first two games, after which I don't think they've been solidly beaten since. So. But this I've is seen... obviously now a big game, a much bigger game than you probably yeah, thought. Yeah. I mean, I've seen enough of Luton to know that it's going to be a problem. It's the type of game that we can often or sometimes come unstuck in but at the same time i think because of what happened against villa i expect they all turn up and play it like a cup final i think you know uh, guardiola said something in his press conference today and, and it's fair enough right he said you know maybe it's maybe i'm paraphrasing him but he's like maybe it's good that we're not like you know the prettiest cat that like thinks everything is perfect like maybe it's good that we know that we can be shit is kind of what he was trying to say because now I expect a reaction. And I think that from a standards point of view for the entire organization, Wednesday, after Wednesday, post-Wednesday is a moment to reset, look at yourselves and go, look, we've set the standards and we need to continue to set the standards. And we begin by turning up at Luton on Sunday and playing like it is the biggest game of the season. And I think that's what we'll see. Really? Well, I'm sorry to cherry pick and call you out from your review, but you were at the end of that review of the Villa game worried and not confident about the Luton game. Have you become more confident since then? Of course I have. I mean, in the, in, the, in the heat of the immediate morning after Villa, I probably didn't think we were going to win another game this season. Like, <laughs> I think, I think that, as the week has gone on and then you begin to pick a team in your head and you go, wait, like we can have like a really, really amazing team on the pitch against Luton on Sunday and we will do. So mm. no, I, I expect a reaction and I expect our lot to turn up and do their job professionally and properly. Early call, we win the Champions League, but not the league. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah, you could see that happening quite easily. Lloyd, uh, Chris called it on the review. Must win game. <laughs> he said I would be really angry at me at him saying that, but you know what? You might have been bored with this one. Uh, you've already mentioned it. Must win, not for the points, but for other reasons. Yeah, I mean, there's no, you can't really have a must win game Ooh. 14, 14 matches in to a Premier you've League season, can you? <laughs> well, it's, it's so early. It's so It's still so early, but yeah. It's a must win in the sense that City have to respond after three draws where, you know, lots of different things happened in different in those different games. And then you lose to what I think was a really humbling performance. And Villa, you know, it has to be said, Villa were outstanding. They played unbelievably yeah. well. But still, we were terrible and they served it up to us. I think 
we have to respond. And, you know, Luton away, irrespective of what's going on, we have to go there and win. But we, we probably have to go there and win even more because of the context and what's happened in these last few games. Um, they've obviously... I think really got to grips with the Premier League in the last kind of five or six games. I've watched quite a lot of them. I think it's going to be really difficult because what Luton have done this season is they've dragged teams down to their level really successfully. They've so how taken are they doing it. that? Well, they they play long and they play really quick. So they try and basically pull you into the into a kind of street scrap, and they've mm. been successful in doing it against Arsenal and against Liverpool. Uh, both at Kenilworth Road. And City have struggled with those games in the past. Um, I think a good example from last season was the Forest game uh, away, where you know most of that was down to us in that we played, we actually played brilliantly that day and didn't win. Um, and we kind of had a big reaction from there and won the league. But they dug in unbelievably. You know, they didn't even defend that well, but they they kind of were so deep and then they just hit us at the right moment. Obviously, only really had the one chance when Chris Wood scored, but it'll be a similar kind of game, I think, to that. Um, but if City if City play well, and I think oh, almost more importantly, it feels like at the moment, if Haaland can just have his shooting boots on, then you know hopefully we go out of sight. Um, I don't want to do Munger around him too much, but... Some of the recent misses are—they are actually. I am now beginning to be a bit concerned. I, I wasn't. Yeah. Well, we discussed this last season. week. I agree. Yeah, I wasn't earlier in the season, but it's quite—it's quite the hit list now from this season. I think particularly against Spurs, oh, that's crazy—just quite crazy misses, really. Um, I—I'm still confident he'll respond, but it's definitely more of a justifiable talking point than it was 10, 15 games ago when, you know, he'd missed a couple at West Ham and missed a few more. Um, but he'll know that. And I, as much as we need to defend better, which we do, and we can't keep, you know, conceding three and expecting to win games, we also need to start putting in the net. So, Just to stay with you briefly, because you've watched Luton, what are their threats then? Obviously, most of us might have watched the Arsenal highlights, so a set-piece threat is probably not that surprising, but there's plenty of energy press and pace out-wide, would you say? Yeah, so, like, Peli Rudokimpanzi has been really good in, like, wide areas, really shut down Saka very well midweek, and he just scuttle, shuttles up and down super quick. Uh, Kabore, who's on loan from City, when he's played, has had some really good moments, but... Um, Jacob Brown and Morris are, have been their kind of two key attackers. Um, but the player that probably stood out most to me, even though he hasn't really got the headlines, actually has been Barkley because he's, he's the one player in their team that's been able to kind of take the sting out of the game a little bit and help them sustain their attacks a little rather than just being total back to forward. He's 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 just had that kind of extra extra second on the ball, extra bit of quality to help to help get them going and to get them up the pitch when they've been so deep. Um so I think those are their main their main areas. Yeah. And the the on loan player, Kabori, could he play then on? Can play I think the rules some? mean you can't? Because mm. um, he's a long loan, so I assume not, no. No, I don't think you can because when Arsenal played Brentford, yeah. Ramsdale had to play, didn't he? It's quite a loss, so, yeah. Anyway, Asan, the team. So, 
after we've had the press conference, didn't hear anything about Doku, but I'm going to assume he might not be fit to start. Uh, Grealish and Rodri back in. Is it another? Well, it's not a, a non-brainer of a of a lineup, is it? What What do you want to see, basically? Akanji, Stones, Diaz, Gvardiol, Rodri, Kovacic, Bernardo, Foden, Grealish, Haaland. That's the team. Mm. If Guardiola doesn't pick that team, I'm going to riot. Mm. If I see Kyle Walker's name on the t- anywhere near the team sheet, I'm not going to be happy. If I well, see Alvarez is. in the starting 11, I'm turning the game off. It usually is. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you think, yeah, he'll make big decisions now that that Aston Villa game will have literally woken him up in certain respects and a back-to-basics approach? Definitely. He doesn't want to get sacked. He's not unsackable. Sacked. You keep making shit decisions and eventually somebody upstairs will go, yeah, mate, what are you doing? And, and, and he's Guardiola. His ego's enormous. Like, Pep is not the kind of fella who likes to lose full stop. He's he is a purebred born winner. So he if he I think there's a difference between the in-game stuff. I think sometimes his ego gets the better of him in a game where he knows he's made a boo-boo and he should be making a change before half time, if not at half time, and he won't do it. He'll wait until the hour because his ego won't let him. Yeah. I d- I think it's different now where he's got a four-day build-up, he will know who's in form and who's out of form. And he'll know that we want to see somebody's head on a plate. Like, at the end of the day, those lads have too many times collapsed recently. I can't have it. Like, first half against, I'll keep saying it, Leipzig, um, Chelsea, what happened against Villa, what happened against Spurs, same players at the scene of the crime over and over and over again. You can't have that. You have to take them out of the team. Mm. Well, I don't think he's sackable, but perhaps it's time to finally bring in Big Sam to help with that defence. <laughs> and also, before anybody freaks out, like, obviously Guardiola isn't going to get sacked. Like, relax. The point I'm just <laughs> trying to make is that Pep is a winner and he wants to win and his team aren't functioning and winning right now. And he will know that he has to change something for that to happen, to give them confidence back. And I'm not sure that he can just keep picking the same players. Lloyd, your thoughts on the lineup? The, uh, it was covered in the review. Ake, Gavardiel, left back. Hmm. <laughs> uh, not that Gavardiel has been bad, but Ake now down that left back role at at our peak I find it a bit weird that he's not there has he had a knock this week do you think do you think he's not fully fit himself is it time for Vardio to be playing in the centre because after all we did spend a huge amount of money on a central defender but this is City of course where central defenders can play at full back so I find that weird that Ake didn't play during the week and might not play again what's your thoughts on that left back situation I think it's a bit of a head scratcher as well. Yeah, um, I want to see Ake play at the weekend. I think he, I think he should play. I think whether that's for Diaz or for Guardiola, I, I, I don't really mind. I'd probably rather he plays instead of Guardiola. I thought Diaz was good midweek. Um, but yeah, that's it's a bit it's a what? bit of confusing one. What did you 
Did you say you thought Diaz was good in midweek against Villa? Well, I thought he, he was one of our better players. One of our better players. I don't think anyone played well, but... Um, Excuse my language, but fucking hell, lad. <laughs> I, I think Diaz has been so bad outside of the Liverpool performance for six weeks now, maybe even longer. Oof. Sorry. I mean, I literally just said I'd probably drop, <laughs> drop him, but okay. Um, so I think Ake okay, should... Basically, I think what we need is I think the structure of the team needs to change. So what I would do is I'd drop Walker, I'd drop Alvarez, and I'd drop yeah. Vardiol. I'd play Stones at right back in the mm-hmm. position next to Rodri. Yeah. I'd, I'd play three midfielders. So I think Kovacic has to play because you yeah. can't sign him and not play, and not play at number eight when, when we've just got monstered in midfield against Villa. You've got to give him a chance. I want to see Bernardo play centrally. So put put him in there with Rodri and Kovacic, like Asan said. Play Phil and uh, Grealish because it's I don't think I think Doki's got a hamstring injury, so he can't play. Tell Alvarez to chill out. Tell Walker to chill out, and I'd play Ake instead of Guardiola. That's what I would do. Can't argue with pretty much any of that. What you both said, you're confident that will happen, Lloyd. Yeah, I've asked Asan that. Do you think you will? No, I've seen nothing to suggest that Walker in particular won't play. Um, I think there's a chance Alvarez doesn't play, yeah. He has come out of mm. the team a little bit more. But I'm fully expecting Walker to start on the weekend. Um, Alvarez has started every single game he's been available for, unless I'm mistaken, Lloyd. Can you think of a single game this season that he's no. been available for that he hasn't started? And I, before midweek, I can't think of a single game he's been subbed in either. He's played 90 of pretty much every appearance that he's had. Pep loves him. I'm see. just looking it up, but I'm not sure. I think he has sat on the bench a couple of times. Um, yeah, not much. It can't be much. He has played a lot of minutes, has he not? So. Yeah, no, it definitely has. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see him. <laughs> I'd like to see him not start. He's looked um, tired, uh, yeah, apart from the other issues. I think he's looked a bit leggy as well, to be honest, in recent mm. times. So. Well, he didn't start in both the Leipzig games, did he? And he came off the bench and was good in both of those. Mm. I'm talking about Premier League games, sorry. I should have made that clear. Yeah. And of course, we have a Champions League dead rubber coming up. So there's a whole new conversation on who who can play in that one. So if there was, well, if there was one player, though, I think, of those three that should come out, I do think it's Alvarez. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I really don't understand how Walker's played as much as he has and I do think it's affecting the structure and the build-up of the team but we are crying out for some superiority and te- technique in midfield particularly after Wednesday so I think that if there's one change if, if he only makes one and you're asking me which one if you can only pick I'd, I'd be over that yeah I agree with that i drop Bernardo back and Grealish in yeah just stop moving Bernardo around. Like, if you've got problems in central midfield, just play the fucking guy that's been unbelievable there for like five years. I don't. Muddies my head that. Hmm. Lloyd, stay with you. How do, how do you see the game playing out then? It becoming that scrap you alluded to before, or City yeah, I think dominating unless... the ball and actually, I mean, they've got players out, haven't they? And they've got defenders out as well. So, well, Lockie is out. He's their captain. Um, Dare but, I say they are there for the taking in many other ways, but of course they have been super competitive. I think unless City score quite early, then yeah, it becomes a bit of a street fight. So mm. basically we need to go and score early. 
Hey, son, you want to see that response out yeah, of the traps? Absolutely. I just, I, I th- and I, I think, I think there's a difference between. So I don't need us to see. I don't need to see us start at 100 miles an hour. I just need to see us start with control and look like Man City. We look, yeah, yeah. If we if we look like we've got control of the football game, if look. We know what Luton are going to do. They're going to blam it into channels and then somebody's going to sprint onto the end of it. Thankfully, Issa Kabore, I think, has probably been their best player so far this season and he can't play against us because we own him. So that's helpful to us. But outside of that, we just need to control the game and control the football and do normal Man City things. And if we do that, we'll be okay. And actually, I think for me, in a way, the reaction would be to be really cold-headed to make the game death by a thousand cuts to have it be kind of boring for city to dominate possession create chances score one or two goals in the first hour and then just allow nothing else to happen in the game and and put some crosses in when we're wide that's a novel idea i know but yeah just wait, just ask so Villa one of the things the yeah. hmm? we did we, we did that against villa a great chance for harland and he missed, didn't he? Yeah. But it got to him chance. then. Yeah, but we didn't cross so many times against Villa, did we? When we get it wide, we just cut back all the time. I don't know, but we've not got... Just one of the many confusing in. things there. Hmm. Sorry, Lloyd, what are you going to say? No, I'm just not I'm not sure about that, Howard. We've not got that many players to cross to. We've not got someone like Gundogan arriving late, you know, on the edge of the box at the moment for a pullback. We should have... <laughs> well, that's unfortunately that ship has long <laughs> sailed, so we've got to deal yeah, with what well, we've got now. Why are we trying to get it wide then? You know, just so we can, I don't know, it's just seems right. Like so we can combine, get in behind them, and then score goals like we usually do in the in the 12 or 6 yard box. Hmm. I mean, in the old days when we were really frustrated, that's when we started putting crosses in because we'd run out of ideas or what else to do and they just get headed away all the time. So, but I don't know, just sometimes. I mean, obviously sat in your seat or watching on TV, you see a wider picture, don't you? So it's easy for us to say sometimes watching it, but it can be so frustrating when City, I mean, we talked about this in recent reviews, fear of transition and trying to get control means not take, making risky passes, not putting crosses in, not looking for that through ball, but rather trying to almost walk it in because you don't want to take risks. I would hope they take some risks attacking-wise against Luton. Uh, we will see. Look, I don't think there's much more to say here, so I'll finish with a score prediction, eh, Sam? I'm going to... I mean, my score predictions are bobbins, as as a few people have yeah, pointed out. All so, are, so. I, I, I almost don't want to do it, but I'm going to go with 2-0 City. Yes, I'm predicting a clean sheet. Look, the most common score... Yes, you know, that you could put a bet on is still about seven to one. So you can't get, you'll get, we'll all get most of them wrong. So yeah, it is what it is. And if it's a strange score, then yeah, even more unlikely odds wise to, to be predicted. So, so what did you go for? Sorry. Two nils. Two nil. Clean sheet. That would be nice. Uh, Lloyd, quick shout out to Edison, the one player who did do himself justice against Aston Villa. So, Hmm. A clean sheet would be nice. What do you think we'll get one? No, uh, no, <laughs> no. Um, look, if I, I want, I'll, I want to feel like we can respond and win, but I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. So, I think it's probably going to be a 
dicey as fuck two one to see. Okay. Look, I'm going to be positive. I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet, but I think we'll get those goals in 4-1. Maybe one or two late on, but 4-1 I will go for. So, Right. I hope you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Big score at 4-1. You'd take a 4-1, though, wouldn't you? So, All day if long, there's no mate. clean sheet, yeah. T- listen, I'd take 1-0. I'd take 6-5, <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Relax. <laughs> don't care how we win I it, as long as we win it. City, please don't put me through a 6-5 on Sunday. Got enough to deal with at the moment, so without having to go through that on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, right, that's almost a wrap, but just quickly, two cracking other games uh, this weekend. Hey, son, Aston Villa against Arsenal. Can you see Aston Villa doing it again? Nope. No. Nope. Nope. No, 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 no. They, they, they ran like they've never run before playing against City, they're getting beat by Arsenal. Comfortably beat by Arsenal. Right. Yeah, I agree. I don't... I, maybe a draw, but I can't see Villa uh, replicating that within three to four days. Um, I think it's more likely that Arsenal will win. Maybe a draw. Okay, and Lloyd, after City, Tottenham, Newcastle. Two crisis clubs now, so... For- <laughs> That's finishing 6-5. <laughs> But it's nil nil, Aysen, after all that, because it yes, looks totally. fascinating, doesn't it? So, how do you call that one, though, Lloyd? Oh, it's pretty tough. Um, Here we go. Spurs take the lead, then lose again. <laughs> that's probably the way. Is it? Where is it? Is it at? It's Spurs? at Spurs, but that's two teams run out of steam completely, aren't they? In a way. Yeah, and it sounds like Son's not going to be fit enough to play. Really? Well, he, he got a bad knock, didn't he? Um, I don't know. Thursday. Well, he did, yeah. He got a bad knock on Thursday. And from what Postacoglu said, it sounds like he he might not be fit to play that. So if they haven't got Son, then I would massively favour Newcastle, to be honest. Wow. DUA, son? I'd... It's a hard one, that. Cause I, I no, think... it's too unpredictable. I don't, I don't is, think... Yeah. I think if you look at, if you look at, you know everybody in the what we would consider to be the top eight um i think with with the with the exception of united's shitness i still think united are shit just because they beat chelsea doesn't mean that they're not shit um i think with the exception of united it's really difficult to call any of those games like liverpool arsenal Mm -hmm. who's going to beat who you know chelsea liverpool was a draw at the start of the season it just i I I just don't know like i I think it's a very interesting premier league season for that reason Well, it can't get any crazier when Harry Maguire's winning Premier League player of the player month. Of the month. So, what? It's just nothing makes sense anymore, does it? Nothing makes sense. So, it could go all the way. And of course, yeah, we've talked about the fixtures and all that. African Cup of Nations next month, Asia Cup. City don't have any players in them. Uh, other teams will lose players. So, there's so so many things to take into account. And who knows, you know, injury-wise, what's around the corner for everyone. So, yeah, it's been an absolutely crazy season. And I'm sure there's a lot more twists and turns to come. Right? I think that's everything. Lloyd, thank you very much. No worries. Just on the African Cup of Nations, it sounds like Anana's actually going to stay at United, which could weaken them. Really? Well, that not getting banned from his country forever. Or? He wants to prove his place to Ten Hag, so unlucky United. Mm. They're in the... Pre- well, oh no, he didn't join the week, but he's, 
he's done all right in the Premier League, hasn't he? At least clean sheet wise, anyway, if not performances. So there we go. Hey, Sam, thank you very much. Pleasure, Howard. Yeah, enjoyed that. It's cathartic as always. Good. Uh, that is, yeah, that's a wrap. We're all off to put our green and gold scars back in the garage. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe. Hope you have a great couple of days. And as always, Asan. Up the travel winning blues.